Welcome to the MagPod and a new series of MagPods. We're talking to Suzanne Wharton, otherwise known as Susie Goes Solo, who has had a rather astonishing career as a solo traveller in the last few months, and she'll explain exactly why. Hi, Suzanne. Good morning, Amber. I think my friends call it my midlife crisis rather than Susie Goes Solo and an adventure. But yes, I'm 11 European cities in six months. Wow. Would have been 12, but coronavirus put a little stop into that. And then my last flight back with Ryanair was in Storm Chiara. Um, And trust me, I am not getting on a plane for a little while after that. So taking a small break at the moment. But yeah, been quite an exciting adventure. So just explain how this all began, because it's actually, it's a heartbreaking... It's a tragically, embarrassingly funny... somewhat amusing story. Well, it kind of came... Last year was one of those comedy years where you couldn't write a book on all the bad things that kept happening. And during the summer, I found myself living in London um, with a wonderful boyfriend who I absolutely adored... Um, who flew out to America for what should be a week and didn't come back for two months. And during this time, the entire relationship just fell apart and I found myself 36, single, living in London and not really knowing what to do. It was one of those breakups that just blindsides you. And I think for about a month and a half, I was still convinced everything was going to be fine and he was going to come back. And then one very sad day in the middle of August, my boss took me to one side and said, Susie, he's not coming back. You've got three weeks of holiday left to take. Um, We're getting towards the end of the year. Please take some holiday. We're all a little bit concerned about you. Um, We hear you crying in the toilet. I thought I'd managed to kind of hide this all very, very well, but um, clearly hadn't. And that night sat down with my best friend and three bottles of wine I'm not even going to lie about the amount there were definitely three <laughs> and said to her because one is never enough is one it? is never enough one this person. is why they made boxes Absolutely. but I need to go on a holiday they're forcing me to go on a holiday and the thought of having to come back to the Isle of Wight for a week stay with my parents and admit what a failure my life was becoming up there was too much for me um so Being at the age that I am, all of my friends, married, kids, holidays already booked, I kind of said to her, I'm going to have to do this on my own, aren't I? And she said... Did you think at that time that he might have been the marrying type? I I thought we were going to get married. I thought he was it. It was... And I think that was the thing. It wasn't the longest relationship I'd ever had, but it was the first relationship... And I don't know whether it was him as a person or a mix of him as a person and the stage of my life that I was in. But since moving to London, I think I I felt so grown up and, and it was this new city and I was meeting these amazing people and he was this really intelligent, cultured man with this fantastic job that traveled around the world. And I was completely in awe of him, but we were such a little team and... I think it was the first time as an adult I thought, shit, this could actually happen. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, you know, we we very much, when we would talk about things, we had the same ideals. And and I I honestly thought, you know, this this is it. And, you know, I think in my head when we broke up, I thought we just had a really bad row. (laughs) And when he got home from, from L.A., we would sort it out. Um, but with time difference, the communication just got awful. He was under immense pressure out there with his job and the communication just shut down. And I don't think I realized until it was all properly over that I think a part of me shut down and 
it was that element of not only have I lost my best friend, but at 36, maybe the marriage and the kids, I've lost that option as well because it was the first time it had ever really felt like it was on the table with someone. You opened the door and a big door just closed bang in your face. Completely. And I think there's that, that panic of, you know, you look around and you're like... I could end up the crazy cat lady. <laughs> and it dawned on me, and, and, and my, my friend that I was, I was drinking all the wine with, I mean, she's she's been in a long-term relationship, but, you know, she complains about her boyfriend sometimes. But whenever I say to her, would you ever leave him? She said, no, I see how hard you struggle. <laughs> so there's no way I'm jumping into that mess. And, and it's only when people what say... What a comfort. <laughs> you've got to, she's French. You've got to love her honesty. And I think sometimes when she sees what a brain wreck my love life has been it just makes her feel even more secure in, in in what she's got but I thought being in a city like that compared to an island there would be a lot more option but you know I've met a lot of people but it's so rare to meet someone that's that compatible and and he was my best friend he was one of those people that just going to be in queue with him in the afternoon we would have the best fun ever but I think also because he traveled so much I didn't realise until I moved up there what a sheltered life I'd had down here. And I, I love the Isle of Wight. Mm. I'm so proud to be from here. But it's such, such an insular environment to grow up in. Yeah. And I'd always thought, because I'd had a business down here for 10 years and I'd done this, that I was like really accomplished. In London, I am nothing. You do. You get spat out. Completely. And, and I think there was a lot of times with him that I didn't realise until I did all these trips that... There was probably a little bit of me that was quite jealous of all the travelling that he did at the success. And it made me feel quite inferior because he was off having all these wonderful adventures. And I was in London always waiting for him to come home. But I'd never really had any adventures of my own. Mm. And, you know, he would see all these places. And I was so lucky because he would always involve me in the trips. I remember once he was travelling from LA to Vegas for a convention and... He had me on the phone on the dashboard the entire drive from L.A. until three in the morning. And I was literally falling asleep on this FaceTime, probably looking like kind of some zombie. But the whole drive, he was showing me what he was seeing and we were talking and, and kind of, you know, talking about songs and things. And he was great at always making me feel like I was on the adventure with him. But I wasn't. Mm. And, and I wanted to be so desperately. So I'd said to my friend, right, I'm, I'm going to do a trip, you know. And I think part of it was I needed to get away. Mm-hmm. I really needed to. I didn't want to go too far on my own. It had been 15 years since I'd been anywhere on my own. So after she had gone, I decided to put the names of 20 cities I'd always wanted to go to in Europe into a jar and I would pull them out. Good idea. And... You know, a bottle and a half of wine. Actually, let's be honest, I probably had two and she'd had one. Um, It seemed like a wonderful idea. So I started writing all these cities down um, of where I would like to go to or, or cities that I loved. And I put them in a jar and I said to myself, I'm going to pull a few out and they're the ones I'll go to. So you'd have gone to Azerbaijan, but you couldn't spell it, right? Do you know what? When I saw it the following morning, I did. There were two cities. I don't even know where they are on a map. If someone can find them on a map, I will go there. But I was like, where is that? So I pulled them out. So the first, I think, the first three were Barcelona, um, Stockholm, and Amsterdam. 
and Amsterdam filled me. I was like, why did I even write? Because I'd been there with him. That had been my, my Christmas present the previous year, and we'd gone for New Year's. Um, and Stockholm, I wanted to go to, but then I was like, it's going to be really cold, and it's really, it's like, it's a bit... But I thought Barcelona is a really good one to start yeah, with because one, it's not too far. September, it would still be warm. So I was like, right, just book it, see how you get on. So I booked a flight to Barcelona, leaving two weeks later... And I thought, let's stretch these three weeks of holiday out. So four days, three nights, and good old Ryanair was going to get me there. And if I was going to stretch this on my budget, I was going to need to do this quite cheap. So I thought, I'll stay in a hostel because then if I want company, I've got company. I won't be on my own because I was quite nervous about going on my own. So I thought, you know, let's let's see how you go. And then... Once I'd booked that, I kind of got into it. So I started pulling more cities out the jar. And I thought, I read somewhere that it takes you, if you divide in half how long you were in love with a person, that's how long it takes you to get over them or something. So, which seems completely logical. I think sometimes I'm, I'm even less intelligent and make even worse ideas during the hangover than I do during the drinking. So... I thought, right, one city a month for six months just to get me through. Then I've got a little something to look forward to and it will keep me going. And by the end of it, I will no longer be heartbroken. I will be over him. I will be a strong, empowered woman. I would have seen the world and everything will be okay. Good plan. So then I just literally booked all the flights there and then. And then I thought, there's no going back. It's just done. Bang, £200 on Ryanair. I love Ryanair. Um, you must be the only person in the world that loves Ryanair. Do you know what? Of, of all the flights, only two were delayed. And both times, it wasn't their fault. I think I'm the luckiest person in the world. But yeah, if I would wear a Ryanair t-shirt, I love them that much at the moment. And they're orange. All good. Yeah. Well, oh, oh yes. no, that's EasyJet. No, that's EasyJet. That's EasyJet. Easy oh, what's Ryanair? That's like more? going into Sainsbury's with a Morrison's bag. I could, I could never wear that t-shirt. I'd never portray my Irish folk like that. No, we're with the harp. The blue with the golden harp. Blue with harp. the golden harp. Nice. Yes. Nice. That nice man, and, whatever his name is. And I love it something. if they land on time, they do the little... And it's the first time it happened, I was like, what the hell? But by the end of it, I was one of those people that sits there and claps. No. I've, I've, I've become that person, that quintessential British traveller that claps when do you, think you that's just? Do you think people do it because they're just relieved that they've got home? Yes. After flying yeah. in that storm, hell yes. Oh my, my life flashed before my eyes on that plane. And, and literally, you, you saw strangers holding hands and hugging. And it was, it was an emotional flight. It it really was um but no so at that point it was booked and and I was I was going to do this but I didn't want to become one of those people that spams their Instagram account and it's like I'm on holiday look mm. at me and I'm not someone that particularly likes to take a photo um I have very short arms dinosaur arms I call them so I can't take a <laughs> selfie without at least four chins so I thought let's make the trip and kind of document it I'll create a separate Instagram account and then if people want to see the holiday photos they can and if they don't they don't have to so I thought right 
Susie goes solo. So I set up the account and I decided 30 pitches per city. Um, and I'd be all arty and, you know, and try <laughs> That's quite and... a challenge. <laughs> Do you know what? It really was. Yeah. And then by the end of it, I found myself, I'd go back to the hostel in the evening and I'd get a little box of wine for a euro and I'd sit there in my bunk bed editing photos. Like, I was like, this is professional now. And, <laughs> and hiding the wine from anyone because you're not allowed food and drink in there. But in a carton, it's much less kind of conspicuous. <laughs> Did you find that there's a, uh, there is a bit of a stigma, isn't there, attached to Do you know what, it was, women travelling alone? All of my friends, this is where my, they were like, eat, pray, love, you've gone mad. Like, you can't do this. You'll, you'll get raped, you'll get murdered, you know. Have you not seen the film Taken? Which I then watched and I did panic afterwards <laughs> um, and, and didn't make eye contact with anyone in the airport. And it was, well, why would you want to go on your own? And I was like, what if... I'm kind of in the situation where if I don't go on my own, I'm not going to go. And everyone at work thought I had gone mad. All of my friends and family, especially my family, because they live on the Isle of Wight. They only go to Southampton twice a year. So the idea of going to Barcelona or, or wherever on your own is, is even more kind of out there. And my my mum would call me before every trip and, can I have the name of the hostel? What is your flight number? Ring me when you land. Ring me ring when me, you ring land. Me every it five was, minutes. <laughs> yeah, and it was... I, I remember a friend of mine was really concerned when I was in Naples and he said to me, because he's from Naples, and he said, <laughs> don't get your phone out in public, it'll get stolen. But he would then text me every half an hour, send me your pin so I know you're okay. I said, I've got to keep getting my phone out to text you and then you're telling me not to get it out so it's going to get stolen. What is it? But yeah, it was, I think people were just very, they were confused as to why I want to do it, but they were like, oh, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. But the shocking thing was, especially... Once I got in the flow and, and I learnt that you always book a room that is female only, mm. um, which I didn't learn on my first trip, <laughs> going to sleep to the sound of strange men snoring is a really unsettling kind of thing. So always stay in the girls' dorms. But in the girls' dorms, everyone in there was travelling alone. And it was that instant kind of support that you then gave each other. Here's your tribe. Yes, here's my... And it was from different countries and ages. And I thought I would always be the oldest person in the room. And I wasn't, which was lovely. But you did kind of like band together which was really lovely and you'd you'd talk about you know i always think if you try and be on your own while you're traveling i've done a lot you can't for a moment you literally can't shake people off it's like really no i do want to go out on my own today please go away yeah (laughs) definitely oh you're on your own please join us no really thank you (laughs) do you know what It, it was when i was in florence there was this lovely indian girl that came into my room and she said to me people keep latching on to me in restaurants i was like honey let me tell you the rules. <laughs> Never sit having a meal with your phone out. Always take a book. Don't know why people interrupt you less if you've got a book. I said, even if you've got it cut out and your phone's inside the book, <laughs> take a book. I said, also, no eye contact. I said, you know, no it's funny eye. because it's eating in a restaurant was the one thing that I was terrified of doing. Yeah, it is the hardest thing. It was, yeah, it was, it was, te- there were moments of terrifying and so many moments of empowering but it was a roller coaster it really was and and i think that's where we'll leave it for this one it was a roller coaster let's leave it right there and let people want more so you'll have to tune in for the next episodes of Susie goes solo when she will be out and about in barcelona barcelona